the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. It's 4.02 on the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Thank you for listening in. Glad to have you aboard. Happy day before Thanksgiving. Forecast the rest of the day, some sun and clouds, breezy, high around 46, which we're at now, and drop into a low of 23 tonight, clear and chilly, the deal. Lots of sunshine tomorrow, windy, high of 30. Sixers home tonight against New Orleans, the Flyers are at Buffalo. Well, I don't know about you, but here at the station, folks are starting to pack up a little early, getting their... The workday to come to a close, and it's very nice we were able to have that happen. But, you know, the hardest working producer in Philadelphia radio between 4.02 and 5 o'clock said, I'm not going anywhere. I want to stay right here. Listen to every word. Drink some free coffee, and then I'll leave. Yeah. So, but And we're glad that he's here because without Joe, Joe Harnett, we don't have the program. So I'm glad Joe is here, and I'm glad that you're listening in. We have a great program today. Paul Grassmanis, who used to play for the Eagles, he also played for the Bears, the Rams, the Broncos, going to be joining us to talk football, but also talk about his faith, uh, his marriage, uh, struggle to have children, the loss of a child, the joy of adoption, a lot of great things we're going to talk with Paul about. Uh, we also have uh, an interesting situation. I'm not sure if you heard about this. It's it happened a while back, but it's still kind of coming, uh, you know, bubbling up again in, uh, in Boyertown. And there's a, a lawsuit going before the Supreme Court over uh, the basically a violation of students' fundamental right to bodily privacy. And uh, we're going to have uh, someone from the Independence Law Center, a gentleman named Randall Wenger, on to kind of just update us on what that's all about happening in our own backyard. Also have a text into KJ52. He's a great hip-hop artist, and he has a new Christmas CD out with uh, Black Friday, as it were, coming up. Thought you might like to uh, have a chance to hear what he has to say about his new record. He's busy. They're doing a lot of things. He's a family man. So we're not sure we're going to have him on before the show's over, but we might sneak him in. And if not next week, but the new CD is uh, it's fun. It's called the most wonderfulest time of the year. And as KJ tends to do, he has a lot of fun, but he also uh, knows how to really be serious at the right times and, and bring that mix to the, to the table. So we'll get into that with KJ perhaps before the program is through. It's a uh, four Oh four. One reminder or just a, a quick thank you as we're wrapping up and heading into the holidays. I mentioned this before, but just want to, again, uh, briefly thank folks who helped out again with trans world radio. We were doing that for about a month there. The silk road project helping bring the gospel to central Asia, a 200,000 watt AM transmitter going up in January or February. And uh, the lead engineer from that whole project right from our own area. It's pretty cool. We had a lot of folks uh, call in, Robin in Elkins Park. We had William in Alden, PA, Adam and Marcel in Percocy, among many others. Thank you for your help with that. And because of your help, the project marches along. It's still got some, you know, some work to do. They appreciate your prayers. But as a result, when the, when the transmitter becomes fully functional, likely in January or February, 
uh, parts of 10 countries with a coverage map of 60 million people going to be able to hear the gospel, and uh, many of them for the first time. In fact, most for the first time. Some of these are very remote areas, uh, places in China and India and Pakistan, Russia, and many others. So thank you to all those who helped out with the Silk Road Project on behalf of Transworld Radio and WFIL. We'll do a short break, and then we're going to come back uh, with our, our gentleman from the Independence Law Center, uh, Randall Wenger. We're going to talk about the situation in uh, Boyertown, and then we're going to also have uh, Paul Grassmanis join us this hour, listening to the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL. You're listening to a podcast of the Tim DeMoss Show, heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560, WFIL, and at WFIL.com. 409 AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. Looking forward to Paul Grassmanis joining us a little bit later on. He's uh, played for the Eagles, the Bears, a couple other teams in his 10-year NFL career. Going to share his story, and uh, we like to dig into not just, of course, the sports side of things, but the faith side of things and how that has come across and cut across really a lot of aspects in his life, so we're looking forward to that. But uh, before we get to that, I don't know if you uh, heard this story, but um, we're going to bring in Randall Wenger from the uh, Independence Law Center in Harrisburg. Uh, hello, sir. Hi, thanks for having me today. Absolutely, thank you. I've, I know I've been going back and forth with the different offices, and uh, I got a press release yesterday or day before about a, a situation happening in Boyertown, PA, and uh, maybe you could introduce yourself a little bit, what your role is, and, and, and share a little bit what's happening. Hey, sure. There, there were two 17-year-olds at the Boyertown Area School District that learned about uh, a transgender policy they had in their school. Uh, while they were changing for gym class, they, they noticed a, a student of the opposite sex changing next to them. And uh, so there were a group of students that went to go see the principal. They asked the principal what they could do to separate themselves from the situation. They didn't want to change next to somebody of the opposite sex. Yeah. The principal told them to tolerate it and to make it natural. And really, wow. we, we, we subject our kids to sexual harassment when we force them to change together. That's, that's not something that should be happening in a free country that, that respects people's rights and decency. So, so if you back up a second, the first thing you said was that the students actually found out about the policy while they were changing, right? Yeah, I mean, that's right. It wasn't like there was, a, there was notice, by the way, this is what the school board has decided and this is where we're going. It was just they found out. I mean, what a way. That, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> right? Well, and, and, and unfortunately, we, we're seeing this happen more and more in the schools where, they, where the schools under, understand that this, in fact, for obvious reasons, is controversial. So sure. they don't announce it to anyone. They don't announce it to parents. They don't announce it to the students. Oftentimes, school administrations are doing this without even telling their school boards what they're doing. And it's, it's just ridiculous from the beginning to the end because, because every student deserves privacy from the opposite sex when sure. they're in the locker room or the restroom. Uh, but, but we treat that as if it doesn't matter because, because somehow it, it changes everything if, if someone is identifying with the opposite sex. But that that doesn't change a person's interest in bodily privacy. A girl's bodily privacy doesn't depend on what a boy believes about his gender. Right. Her bodily right. privacy is absolute. Right. And and obviously, as you say, it's it can be complicated on some levels. It seems like it should be not complicated at all. But without you know even passing judgment on somebody or making it about that, 
just the right to say, well, okay, you know, you really have to take these everyone else into account here. It can't just be, right. you know, and to be told, tolerate the situation and make it natural. I mean, that's really, a, I, I don't want to come down on, you know, a principal or a school board. Like they, I'm sure they have a tough job also, but there's got to be a different way than to just tell the students, deal with it basically and, and well, actually like it almost like make it normal or natural. Well, and, and, and that really is the nature of, of sexual harassment. I think we've learned a lot through the Me Too movement about sexual harassment. And, and one of those elements is when you've got a power differential where, where somebody with more power is telling somebody with less power, hey, get used to it, and there's probably something wrong with you hmm. if you don't think this is okay. And, and we're doing that to our kids we're doing that to our kids in a setting where they should be able to to expect to protect their modesty, but we're basically telling them that that it's discriminatory and insensitive to care about your modesty in a situation like that, where, where instead what we should be telling them is, of course, treat everyone with decency and respect. If there are people who identify differently than, than you do, treat them with decency and respect, but but nowhere do we further decency and respect when we're telling our kids that they have to ignore their their bodily privacy. I mean, that's that's not the right solution yeah. to this problem. Randall Winger, our guest, and uh, just the, so again, folks just tuning in. The, the main thing happening was this fairly recent, or I just I learned of it now. There's a lawsuit now going, at least been filed with the Supreme Court. So it's in the early stages of what might come yet. Well, yeah, the, the the case has been going through the district court and the U.S. Court of Appeals for the last uh, year and a half. Yeah. So, so the the petition was just filed on Monday in this case with the Supreme Court, and uh, so we're hoping the Supreme Court takes this case. Of course, they only take about one out of every hundred cases, but wow. but uh, our our prayer would be that they take this one because of of the importance not just to the students at the Boyertown Area School District, but uh, importance to students everywhere in our nation. Have you had a chance to talk much with students or parents or both, of, you know, kind of how they're feeling about everything? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, they're, they're really disappointed with, with the way that the school has handled this situation um, because bodily privacy is something that matters to these students. And that's why they... That's why they filed the lawsuit in the first place, and that's why we're now seeking review by the by the Supreme Court because it's it's too important an issue to let go. Yeah, the Independence Law Center in Harrisburg, the Alliance Defending Freedom, both working together on this, right? And uh, yes, yeah, yeah, we we're grateful for our partnership with Alliance Defending Freedom. Yeah, very good. Well, uh, Randall, thank you for your time. It's just good to kind of be up. Well, I know, as you say, it's a, it seems to be a marathon, but. It seems like it is moving forward, at least, and and perhaps you know people could pray for the situation. And like you said, I mean, if someone's different than you, obviously, you want as a Christian radio station, we would tell people to to love their neighbor. But what love yeah. looks like sometimes also gets confusing because some people think love means don't ever tell anybody that they're wrong or that that's not good or watch out or be careful or you know. And again, no one has to account to us, and I'm, I'm nobody's judge. But it doesn't mean there's no lines, no boundaries, no nothing. Uh, because well, we, yeah, <laughs> we that, lived... that's absolutely right. Yeah. Because if we love our neighbor, we want we want to treat those who are who are struggling with transgender issues with decency and respect. Yeah. But at the same time, we need to we need to treat all students with decency and respect. And we don't do that when we say 
it, your modesty doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Well, Randall, thank you for that, and, and maybe we can touch base again down the road and see how things are going. Do you know, is there any ever sort of any kind of timetable with if a case is going to be heard? or It could be a week, it could be a year before you find out? Um, well, we, we just filed our petition. The other side will we'll be filing a petition, presumably, um, presumably in early January, okay. and hopefully we will hear from the court shortly thereafter. Okay. Yeah, I'll put a note on my calendar and send an email over to the office and see if anything, you know, what's cooking. Or I'm sure we'll get a press release either way, I probably would think. So, uh, yes. Yeah. Randall, thank you so much, and hope you have a good Thanksgiving. Uh, it's a little weighty topic to bring up pre-Thanksgiving, but at the same time, it's happening in our area and something you know people could pray about and be thankful for. Also, you know, it, it really is drives on the point. Let's be thankful for the the times that we've had so far in our history in our country, uh, but not take it for granted. And uh, yeah, don't you know? don't take it for granted, but also don't think, hey, the culture's marched too far down one direction or another. We can't fix it because. These are issues that they can make sense to people, whether whether we're religious or not, whether we're conservative or liberal. We all care for our kids, and uh, yeah. and you know we should all all care about their interest in modesty and privacy. Absolutely, privilege having you on. Thanks again. Hey, thanks for having me. Have a great day. Bye bye. Bye bye. That's Randall Wenger of the Independence Law Center in Harrisburg. Take a brief break. Back in just a couple minutes on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. You're listening to The Tim DeMoss Show. Live and local, it's The Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. 420. AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com at The Tim DeMoss Show. Jumping right back into things. And pleased to bring Paul Grassmanis on the program. Hello, my friend. Tim, how are you? It's good to hear your voice again, my friend. Been a while. Yeah, it has definitely been a while. It's, uh, I'm glad we, we've been able to reconnect here. Absolutely. Folks will remember you from your time with the Eagles back in the early part of the 2000s. Also played for the Bears and briefly, I guess, for the Rams and Broncos. And uh, big, big big day tomorrow. You're going to be on the couch watching a little football. Your former team is playing tomorrow, one of the three games, the Bears. Yeah, you know, Turkey Day, you know, Thanksgiving is is great for that. As a family, we always eat early, and uh, so that way we can definitely prop ourselves up on the couch and catch <laughs> those games. Is it fun for you to watch some of your, uh, you know, former former teams play? You have a connection there? You, you know what? I'm going to be really honest here. I I really pull or watch college football these days. So with that being said, of course, you know, I love, you know, on, on Thanksgiving watching the Bears and whatnot, but college football for me all day long. Uh, you know, Notre Dame being my alma mater, yep. and, and especially with where they're at right now being ranked number three. If I miss a, a Sunday afternoon of NFL football, I'm not losing any sleep. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> How do you think Notre Dame's going to do the rest of the way? Well, well, you know, they got USC this weekend, and I never want to look past anyone. People look at their record and say, well, Notre Dame should clobber them. But at the same time, I never want to look at a rivalry game and say, we're going to kill them. Yeah, uh, Rivalries are just that. They're rivalries. And you just don't know what to expect on that day. And, and so I want to prepare. Or as a player, I would have wanted to prepare as such. Absolutely. Well, and when you were in town with the Eagles, 
Uh, of course, you had some special years there, especially the first half of your time here. And what were those days like for you, you know, day to day going to work with a bunch of guys like McNabb and Dawkins and, and the rest? Yeah, you know, I, it's funny. I, I look back and yeah, man, what, a, what a great time we, those, my six years there were. The guys in that locker room, the camaraderie that we had, I don't think people can truly understand the camaraderie that we had there. Uh, you know, when, when Coach Reed was first new there and all of us were so young, Donovan, being, you know, in his, when I got there, he was in his second year and Dawkins, you know, in his, his fifth year and, you know, myself in my fifth year and, you know, and playing next to guys like Hugh Douglas, you know, and Troy Vincent back there and Trotter and, and, um, and those are just some good times in the environment. I mean, we, we would all get there early and we would leave late and, yeah. We'd be playing video games back there. It was just the the fellowship was awesome. I mean, it really was. And it, it's funny, you know, that having kids now. You know, my daughter, you know, you've seen Brian Dawkins getting inducted into the Hall of Fame and whatnot. She's like, Dad, you know, you played with him. I said, Yeah, yeah, I sure did. And, hmm. and you know, just to see her eyes light up and. It just it, it, it was me. I mean, that's just it's such a great group of people there, and so many of us still stay in touch today. Yeah. Um, whether it just be through texting or Facebook messaging or whatever, it's neat the friendships that were created. Chatting with Paul Grassmanis, uh, as he mentioned, played for University of Notre Dame, and then uh, several pro teams in, in the NFL, including the Eagles in the first part of two, the two thousands. Uh, David Akers, one of those guys. I know you. You guys are buddies and. Uh, he's been on the program too, and loves the Lord a lot. Shared his testimony, and uh, I, I asked him. I'll ask you too. When the Eagles won the Super Bowl earlier this year, where were you? Were you were you watching with some friends, or what was your reaction to all that? No, I was right here at home. I, I did not leave my house. You know, my wife and, and, and daughter were, were here. We, we all watched it together. And to me, I'm not a big people person when it comes to games because I really you know when, when people a lot you get a lot of people coming over it's, it's, it's a lot of just talking and just and I want to be into it like I don't want to be distracted and so that was my preference and, and yeah and getting back with, with Dave I mean I I love Dave Dave and I live five minutes from one another now here in in Nashville Tennessee there's probably not a day that goes by where we're not texting or calling one another and uh, That's so cool. it's interesting too. I recently had knee surgery just to just clean my knee up a little bit, and I'm going through physical therapy and and, and in walked Dave into the same physical therapy center that I was in, and unbeknownst to the other that that we were there. And uh, wow. so I'm like, golly, I'm like, this is like old times, you know, going back <laughs> to the early 2000s in the, in the training room. That's funny. That's very funny. Paul Grassmanis is our guest. Well, speaking of that, your time with the Eagles was a lot of fun. The playoff runs almost got to the Super Bowl. I remember in 01, right before, you know, the Rams wound up winning and uh, going on to lose to the Patriots, a real close game and other playoff things like that. But then. It was the last couple of years. I'm trying to remember exactly, but I know the last year or two or three, there were some struggles with injuries, and you wound up needing to retire because of the injuries. Is that right? Basically, it just was a lot of toll on your body. Yeah, you know, the the, the losses to you know uh, the Rams in Tampa were definitely tough, and you know I had the privilege of playing in in both of those. Yeah. And then, yeah, it was after that, uh, the next couple of years, you know, I tore my Achilles tendon. And, and then the following year, that was in 2003. And then in 2004, uh, you know, I was just a step behind. 
you know, and still was dealing with some ailments that were carrying over from the Achilles. Yeah. And then the following year in 2005, I ruptured the other Achilles tendon. Wow. That's a you lot. You know what? It, it, it was, and the last one for me was, it wasn't a walk in the park either. I mean, it was not that any Achilles tendon is, uh, but that one tore from the heel itself. It didn't just rupture in half. It Yikes. tore from the heel. And so, you know, my heel needed to get resurfaced and, and anchors, you know, the, the tendon had to get anchored back in. So the recovery was a bit longer than anticipated. And, and man, you know, I, I can say, honestly, going back to probably 2000, 2002, I could feel one of my Achilles was always tight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd wake up in the mornings, you know, just getting going in the morning was tough. And it wasn't just tough. I mean, there was mornings that were painful getting out of bed. I look back at it, I'm like, the Lord was so preparing my heart mm. for me to step away from the game. And whether he took it from me or whether I walked away from it, he was definitely getting me mentally ready. And, you know, I was still, what a lot of people don't know is, you know, I was still under contract in 2006, but I knew mentally I was done. And uh, I just remember going into Coach Reed's office and, just telling them, I said, Coach, I, said, you know, I appreciate everything that you've done for me. You know, and obviously I'm summarizing, but I said, you know, my my time is up. Uh, I said, I don't think I can play this game anymore. I don't think I want to play this game anymore. Mm. Uh, these injuries have, have added up, and 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 I walked away and, and said thank you to everybody at the office there, and uh, and that was it. You know, rode off on my white horse. <laughs> Well, and as you say, God was preparing you to uh, you kind of you kind of threw it out there. Did you, did you find it to be uh, take very long to let let go, or was it something that no, was hard well, to? Yeah, for me, it's it's so interesting because so many people, so many athletes, deal with that struggle of what do I do now, and this is all I've known. This is all I've done, and it's a very real thing, you know. I look at myself, I've played football since I was six years old. And, you know, then you go on, you know, and you play through college and then you go play in the NFL and, and wow, you know, 10 years later, you know, now you're like 32 years old and like, what do I do now with my life? Like, and it's a very, I remember for myself wanting, wanting to get a job. And so we need to see a resume. And that was <laughs> as simple yeah. as that is. My mind was blown. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, I, you, I, I mean, I just played 10 years ago, so you want me to list in, in my accomplishments? <laughs> like, yeah, I played defensive tackle. I tackled people. I, and in that sense, you know, you're 10 years behind everybody else who's come out of college. They've built a resume, and, and that's the real world. And, hmm. But getting back to your question, God so prepared my heart, and I did not, I did not have that struggle. I just didn't. I, I wanted, honestly, to, to to go on and have a Monday to Friday life and enjoy the weekends with the family and to live a normal life. Yeah. That's what I wanted to do. Yeah. Former Eagle Paul Grassmanis, our guest. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL. We'll continue our conversation in a moment. Also looking forward to having hip-hop artist KJ52 as a Christmas CD out. We'll shoehorn him in near the end of the program. It's all happening here on AM 560 WFIL. It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast, available at WFIL.com. 
Thanks for listening. 433, the Tim DeMoss Show, WFIL, going down to 23 tonight, clear and chilly. A lot of sun tomorrow, Indy in a high of 30. Sixers home tonight against New Orleans. Flyers are at Buffalo. And on with us in the football world is, uh, okay, the Eagles are home against the Giants on Sunday, too. Uh, Paul Grassmanis. Paul used to play for the Eagles, and we've been talking about a number of things. Just as a parenthesis, I know you had a dozen sacks in your career. What's the feeling like? When did you, I get that many? Yeah, yeah, you did. You had twelve. Wow, that, that, that's interesting. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna ask you what the feeling was like, but maybe now you're like, uh, I don't remember. Uh, or, com- or that, or compared to like when you finally, we're gonna be playing a, as cold as it's gonna be out here tomorrow. It's you know, going to drop into the high 20s and windy, too, on top of that. We have a dozen cousins get together every year for the last 40 years, really, since we were kids. And we play, and we videotape it, and we watch it while we eat dinner. And we see, oh, you were out of bounds. Are you looking? We're shoving. No, no, no. See how it was? <laughs> Which is so much fun, you know, to look back on. Uh, so anyway, but I and I know what it's like to, to maybe we, – we play tackle one year. Now we just do two-touch. But just when you get the satisfaction of getting the guy before he can throw the pass, you must feel – you know, so it's so much fun whether it's a sack or a, a tackle where the running back goes down. You know, you you still remember those feelings? You know, I do. When you see it happen on TV, and you know, whether it be a, a nice tackle for a loss or a sack or just a good hit, absolutely, because you did that for you know for so long, and yeah. you can definitely feel those emotions sometimes. Like, man, I remember that feeling, and. You know, one of my greatest uh, feelings, or for myself anyway, uh, was playing in an NFC Championship game against the Rams. And it was, you know, time was winding down there. We were in the fourth quarter with, I don't know, three or four minutes left in the game. And and we needed to stop them on defense. And I remember I came Scott clean right through that line of scrimmage and nailed Marshall Falk in the backfield. (laughs) And it was just such an awesome feeling. You know, I mean, there's a Hall of Fame running back, you know, and I got to drill him and for a five-yard loss or whatever. And, <laughs> and um, you know, the whole world is watching. It's, you know, it's an NFC championship game. Yeah. And, um, man, it, it was awesome. You know, those feelings definitely come to the forefront. That's so much fun. I can only imagine, like you said, you're, you're telling your daughter that you played with some of those players and to be able to share those memories because, uh, you know, it, it they happened and, and it's part of your history. But I... And I know that, yeah, you know, as you, you've been walking with the Lord for many years as well, the, the, and I don't call it the other half of your life, but as you, you know, post football, you, the Lord blessed you with a wife, godly wife and children. And, uh, thought I'd just ask you about that a little bit too. Maybe how you met Carrie and, and that part of the story. Did you know her while you were playing for the Eagles? Yeah. Uh, no, I definitely did because we got married in, in 2003. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so her, it was interesting. <laughs> When I got hurt that year in 2003, she, Carrie and I were only engaged for, I guess, five months. And, you know, it was a quick engagement. And and so for me to get hurt and then to, to be at home all the day, you know, because I wasn't traveling with the team or anything. And so it was like the Lord just threw us into the fire, like <laughs> where we were around each other 24-7. You know, like a lot of marriages out there, that first year was a struggle. And all for the better, you know, we were able to work out so many issues, and you know, I love her more today than I did back then, and, you know, just to be able to work out a lot of the issues that we needed to work out, and and I think she would say the same thing, or at least I hope. 
I hope she would. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I had actually met her back in 1999, and we actually met at a Christian conference, and she was a former athlete as well. She ran track at Florida State, and uh, so we met at a, a Christian athletic conference. Cool. Uh, actually right here in Nashville, Tennessee, which is actually what brought us to Nashville when we moved here nine years ago. And God knows so, all yeah. those paths. Isn't that something? It, it, it's pretty cool. It definitely is. Tell us about um, your kids, too, because I know there's, there's a special story behind your daughter and your son. Yeah, so, you know, Lainey, uh, Lainey is our first uh, firstborn. She was born in 2006. Uh, you know, she'll be turning 12 here uh, in, a, in a couple of weeks. Wow. And um, she's been a blessing to us. She, um, yeah, I mean, it took us four years um to conceive, and, and, and we finally did. Yeah. Or mathematically, you're thinking we, we got married in early 2003, and we had her in late 2006. So, okay, we tried for about three and a half years. Yeah. She's just been a blessing through and through. And my wife and I, you know, Carrie, we, we've struggled to have children for so many years. And, uh, yeah. What, yeah. What's that it, been it, like? It, what, what's that been like for you guys, whether it's between. You guys, as far as just your walk with the Lord, how you, what that's taught, you know, how, what he's taught you uh, through that. And, you know, because I'm sure that question is like, why or, or whatever else that come with it. Just, uh, yeah, yeah I, you know, I don't think we would be human if we didn't ask ourselves why. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it is, you've got to fight that battle every single day of why. And, and ultimately, you just, to have that faith and just to trust that this is just part of his plan. And sometimes, you know, you're not going to know the answers until you get to heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're just not. And, you know, Carrie and I conceived again um, in 2000, in trying to think of mathematics, uh, 2013 we conceived. Yeah. And we had our, uh, our daughter in 2014, but she had passed at birth. Mm. And, um, you know, that really tore us up. And again, those why questions. And, um, you know, man, that, that tore us up. I mean, it really did. And to, to go through those, you know, all those emotions of anger and, and de- you know, depression. Sure. And, you know, just all those emotions. Um, very real. Yeah. And um, it stinks, and we'll still never know why. And, you know why something like that would happen? You were, and you were aware again, of that. Were you aware that was likely to happen, or that the, your, your daughter had trouble ahead of time, or no? No, it was just a, a freak thing. Let's just yeah. Wow. It was just a freak thing that happened, and um, yeah, it was, like I said, and having struggled for so many years to conceive, absolutely. Um, you know, and to have that robbed from us, if you will, right. Um, but you know, there, there there are definitely blessings that do come around the corner. Uh, we adopted a, a baby boy from birth uh, a year and a half ago, and you know, here he is now, seventeen months old, and I, I attest all my gray hair to him. Uh, <laughs> but he is—he's awesome. He's got a smile that will just light up the world, and uh, he's going to keep me youthful. Yeah, <laughs> he has a and he has a great name. What did you guys pick the name, or was that his name when you adopted him? 
No, so yeah, we the whole adoption with him was just really cool. The the, the story that played out and uh, the, the family themselves, uh, you know, they actually let my wife into uh, the labor room and they allowed my wife to cut the umbilical cord. Whoa! And um, so it was super cool. They gave us their full blessing. Yeah, it was it was awesome. It was really really cool. And, and so his name is River Ryan. Uh, Ryan was my middle name, and River was just a name that my wife and I had, had agreed upon, and and we've always liked it. So River Ryan Grassmanis, and he is of Marshallese descent. Uh, his mom and dad came from the Marshall Islands, which is know, where. I'll plead my yeah. That's a, yeah. That's a, I'll plead my geographic that. ignorance. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I had to, you know, do the the whole Google thing myself a few months back. So it's outside of Australia. It is considered a a Polynesian island. Okay. So you know, it's an island that's not far from Samoa. Okay. Um. So yeah, maybe I'll have a little beeline in the future. Who knows? <laughs> that's right. I can say this much. At this point, he's definitely got the temperament of one. <laughs> <laughs> now we got to hone it in. Yeah. yeah it, there's, there's something about having a, a little, a little guy running around. Uh, I'm yeah. so glad for you guys. And what a story, what a neat blessing of God to, uh, you know, allow for some, I guess some healing and just some uh, neck, that next chapter to have the opportunity to be there to receive uh, river into your family's lives. That's what a, what a cool thing. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that, and yeah, to, to God be all the glory. There's no doubt that the way that we met the family, and um, you know, for them to to give us the blessing, and I mean, it had, had God's hand written all over it. Amen. It awesome. Amen. Amen. Paul Grassman is our guest. Brief break. Back at you with a little more of the Tim DeMoss Show. AM five sixty WFIL. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. 445 AM560 WFIL, WFIL.com at the Tim DeMoss Show. Looking forward to shoehorning in hip-hop artist KJ52 near the end of our program here. He has a brand new Christmas CD out we're going to chat about, but we definitely want to end on a good note here with Paul Grassmanis, former Eagle. Um What's a verse? You have a you have a life verse or anything that you've been thinking about uh, in terms of a Bible verse, Paul? It's funny you ask that because yeah, in the last couple of years, the verse that has always and been coming back to me over and over uh, is Proverbs twenty seven seventeen. Hmm. Uh, is iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And to me, I mean, in the last couple of years, I started coaching high school football. Uh, defensive line and, and I help out with offensive line. It's, it's a small private Christian school uh, outside of Franklin, Tennessee here. Okay. And to, to be surrounded with other men like-minded, to be in fellowship, to teach those kids. Um, you know, we were a young, growing school. Uh, I think the school is only in itself at eight years old, and the football program is only four years old. Wins and losses, I mean, sure, as a competitor, we love to win. But more than anything, to teach these kids about life and to watch them help them become men. Yeah. You know, so that life verse is just really 
that verse has just been coming through and through to me on a, you know, a daily basis. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. To be in fellowship and to, and to help these men become, or these young boys become men. And again, you know, I always think of the song um, by 10th Avenue North, No Man is an Island. Hmm. And, um, and we're not. We're not created to be an island. We're not created to be isolated and alone and you know, we, we are to be in fellowship. And uh, I love the guys that I coach with. Uh, you know, Rusty Smith uh, is a former, he's our head coach, and he was a, a, loves the God like no other, fears the Lord. And he was the backup quarterback for the Tennessee Titans for about four years. Hmm. And just the fact that he played in the NFL as well, his love of the Lord, and, and just being in the same community I am. And, yeah, I, I, you can't, you know, and even at that, you know, God, God knew what he was doing. Because I, I, there for the longest time, I was asked so many times, do I want to coach? Do I want to coach? And my answer was always no, no, no. <laughs> um, I just, I didn't know if I had the temperament for it. And like I said, you know, when, when he, when Rusty asked me to be a part of his staff four years ago, I told him I'd pray on it. And in, in inside of me, I, I didn't need to. I already knew the answer. Yeah. And it was just, again, that was a God thing. God says, no, you're to, you're to build and grow with this guy. And, um, um, and it's been a blessing. You know, my wife ended up teaching school there. Now when my daughter goes to school, it's where a bunch of our friends now are. Um, you know, especially after losing our daughter, you know, four years ago now, it was God knew we needed to be in that environment. Isn't that something? So, yeah. Weaving everybody's story together. And that verse you mentioned, uh, Proverbs 27, 17, uh, all that much more appropriate considering they they call the football field the gridiron, right? Yeah, how about that? (laughs) So Exactly right. It's it's a very appropriate verse. Wow. Yeah, again, you know, that verse, every time I even now as we're talking, I'm looking at it, I'm like, man, fellowship just means so much. I mean, just yeah. even even connecting with you this morning, but before this interview, yeah, it's just great to be in fellowship and just where you can just talk life and be real with one another and just sharpen one another up. Um, man, that, that so that's true. what it's all about. So true. It, it's what it's all about. Just keeping it real and, and just just being honest and open, being vulnerable. Yeah. A you lot know, of, we, can, as men, we, as, we as men, so many times, we don't want to be vulnerable. But, man, I've, I've, I've had my greatest breakthroughs when I've been vulnerable. Hmm. And that's coming from somebody who's, you know, even more than the average guy, could go the other way. Like, I'm a defensive tackle. I'm a, I'm a lineman. I, I like to knock people over. You're the last person you would theoretically say I, I could use help. Although, playing on a team, you know the value of at least knocking heads with other teammates, <laughs> you know, Yeah, doing yeah. it together. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So how can people pray for you guys as we wrap up our time? You know what? I think, you know, we, we could use prayers over being vulnerable again, you know, prayers over our son, whatever. Um, he's just, he's had some difficult times. We've, you know, one of those things you, you hate to hear, uh, we we had an allergy allergy tested and golly, uh, Joker showed up positive for everything. 
And I mean, you know, and here, you know, I, I was one of the guys, the guys who would, oh, you know, the peanut allergy this or, you know, the soy allergy or weed allergy. I'm like, come on, it's all a joke. And I'm like, <laughs> it's all in your head. You know, yeah, watch out what you ask for, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, he's just dealing with a lot of allergies. And so we as a family, obviously, you know, have had to change a lot of things that, that we eat or put around him. And, yeah. Um, you know, and just, yeah, so it's, 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 as much of a blessing as he, as he's been, is, you know, we've had a, a difficult road with just some of his health issues and yeah. nothing long-term, you know, and, and when I think about that, I'm like, all right, Lord, if it's nothing long-term and he's going to be fine, I think you're really working on the wife and I, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, and, and at the end of the day, that's where I put my head. I'm like, all right, Lord, like. The issues aren't with him; they're with me. That's uh, very you know? insightful to realize that. That's really, actually, that's pretty. That's pretty good. That's so. good. Well, so we can pray for. Yeah, you know what? Some, like you said, encouraging each other. Scripture talks about that. Encourage each other daily, so you don't get hardened by sin's deceitfulness. When you speak out, it helps diffuse stuff, and just helps you take the next step and the step after that. And uh, I think it's we're created this way also because. The reality is God's God, and we need him every day. It's not like a fill-up station where you, you know, and then you go on your way all day, and I don't need you, God. Just, <laughs> right. Or right, eat a good breakfast. I'm good. I'm good. See you later. So. <laughs> it's about true, though, right? Yeah. Well, it's great to hear your voice. Please greet your wife and children. And uh, if you're – hopefully we'll see you sometime. We'll take you to uh, the Chinese restaurant when you're in town we we did that a long time ago, right? Didn't we? When you're back, I in was going to say not only did we do the Chinese restaurant, but I remember it was either Hawaii, I think it was Christmas, where we came to your house and we we enjoyed one of those large meals with all your family. Yeah, so let's do that uh-huh. again. If you're in Philly, you know you know look us up because we're you know we like to entertain. <laughs> uh, I can definitely do that. I appreciate that, Penny. Yeah, with my I know our kids love to meet your kids too. One day, so, would love that. Yeah. Well, God bless you, my friend. Great chatting with you. Blessings to you as well, Timmy. Thank you so much. Sure. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Yes, sir. Paul Grassman is former Eagle defensive tackle, and because we like segues, he mentioned Christmas. The one and only KJ52 has a new CD out. Most is wonderful is time of the year. <laughs> I, I just, love people. I love people saying it because it's so grammatically incorrect. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you may not sell well among English teachers, but among families who enjoy a combination of fun, a little funkiness, and godliness all rolled into one, that could be the title of your next album. Oh yeah! If the year was 1992, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you very much, KJ52 checking in. We just wanted to before the holiday kicks in here, Black Friday. I just to be clear, I pursued KJ. He didn't say, "Can I come on and talk about?" I was chasing you down because I just downloaded your new CD, "Mostest Wonderfulest Time of the Year." It is a lot of fun, <laughs> and uh, I want to let people know about it. They, they could throw some support your way because it's worth it. I appreciate it. Yeah, I super appreciate it. Yep, thank you, man. Sure thing. Well, you have a long you have a long history in Philly. Done a lot of concerts, like Creation. You've been a guest on the program. Also did a concert yep. in Salem earlier this year. How many CDs have you done over the years? Do you think? 
Uh, that's a great question. I think I'm I'm pushing 15. I think wow. I'm pushing 15. That's a guess. I haven't really done an official count, but, but this I think is, it's up there. This is the first Christmas one, right? It is. You're absolutely right. It's uh, I figure my career is circling the drain at this point. Might as well just go out with a bang. <laughs> <laughs> Have you thought about doing this for a long time or what? No, no. I'll be honest with you, man. And I say that it kind of in the bio is basically, you know, it's, it, I'm not joking when I say this. It's literally 83 degrees outside right now. So, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like, where, where do you go from there when when your starting point is tropical? So, I just never, I couldn't relate. You know, I couldn't relate I, outside of just the holiday, but I just couldn't relate. So, um, you have seen snow I, in person? Not till well, not till I was 21. That's crazy. Well, growing up yeah. in Florida, yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just kind of what it was. And so I was like, eh, I don't want to talk about something I don't want. I can't talk about. So, yeah. Uh, but then I kind of had a revelation. I'm like, wait a minute. Well, then talk about what you do know. Like, what is your perspective? So, like, you know, that's where most of the songs come from. I think being a dad probably gives me a perspective now. Yes. You know, and uh, I just wrote from there. And I'll be honest with you, it was the easiest album I've written. That's great. Well, songs on here, Silent Night, which is a, a real nice version because you always had that mix of, of fun and serious in a good way. Uh, but there's also yeah. Go to Bed, which we just played there. Get in bed. <laughs> Dad, right. jeans and sweaters, get out of my way about shopping and right. all that. So, right. <laughs> I mean, so you know, you know some of that. So. I'm, not, I'm just trying to be the Clark Griswold of the, of the hip-hop industry. <laughs> it's working. It's working. So, yeah, how, how's your family doing? And we just only have a couple minutes here at the end of the program. We want to make sure we got you in before the holiday. That the, the, So the record turned out well. You enjoyed putting it together. Anything other yes. fun tidbit about the record or, or how your family's doing, all that kind of stuff? I mean, honestly, it was just uh, it's the fastest, most enjoyable album I've ever done. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, I, I don't know. I didn't – I guess because Christmas is wide open, you could talk about anything within the confines of it. Um, it yeah. really was very creatively fun, but also like super easy to do. How about what's one thing you and your family do Christmas Christmas tradition wise? I mean, I'm, we don't have anything like super out of the ordinary. I mean, usually the kids open up, you know, one or two presents the night before. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, the, the mom is mom's usually like can't do it until everybody's there. <laughs> um, right. We used to go see a movie, honestly. My kids are. Well, I'll be honest. The truest thing about this album is most of the experiences are based on true events. Okay, well that brings some good comedy to it then, because you can tell. Yeah. So I mean, like you know, the album's kind of based around this loose uh, idea of a guy named Dave, and he's on vacation in Florida, and everything's kind of going wrong. That's kind of where the record comes from. So, <laughs> and who's uh, who or what is Spec House or Spec House? Spec, Spec House is the producer. So that was the other thing that's different. It's the first time I've done a record with just pretty much one producer okay and so that's how we kind of did it like one producer doing everything minus like two tracks but other than that he kind of helped shape the whole sound so speaking of which can can you hear the can you hear this music right now no okay it's not it's not in your headphones it's a birthday the bump music we use for this program is the intro to birthday from your recent record okay yeah well he did that song too so that you know we just have a good of a good artist relationship, you know, artist to producer. You, you kind of need somebody to execute the vision. You know? Yeah. We are out of time, my friend. Thank you so much. Have a great Thanksgiving. Thank you. You too, sir. KJ checking in from uh, Florida. New album. 
listen to our podcast and getting up to speed on all that and all the guests we had today. Jim Max and Max 413 Ministries next. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.